We're going to be um, doing a new series, I guess, introducing a new series. We're calling it something like Heroes of Faith, uh, Summer Heroes, along those lines. Uh, we are having a chat a couple of weeks ago, and we thought it'd be quite cool to do something a little different over the summer, over the August uh, weeks. And um, so there's lots of amazing heroes of faith, aren't there, in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews obviously brings that to the forefront in his hall of faithers. You know, he calls on David and uh, Abraham and Moses and others and says, by faith, they did. And so some incredible exploits. And so we're going to be looking at a few of those characters over the next few weeks um, and exploring what their lives and what their faith can teach us in 21st century um, living. And so um, Philippa is going to kick us off today with our first biblical character, and I'll let her introduce you to who that is going to be. So why don't we give it up to Philippa, Philippa as she comes. Thanks, Simon. Um, we're starting off this new series today, which we're going to be running through the summer, um, about heroes of the faith. And I got to choose. I got to go first. So I chose Joshua. And Joshua, as I'll come on to tell you a little bit about later, has been a big hero of, of mine personally, in my personal journey, in my walk with Jesus, and in my like personal calling into ministry. Um, so I'll tell you a bit about that later, but it's really exciting to be here this evening talking about Joshua and just getting stuck into his character, who he was and what he was all about. Um, so why don't I just pray and we'll start. Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, the privilege that it is for each one of us to come to your word this evening, uh, to gather in, in your word and to remember again who it is that we are called to be as God's people. And Lord, we ask that you would come by your spirit now and you would um, fill each one of us speak to each one of us and show us what it is um, that you want us to, to see in the character of Joshua um, as we dig into your word. Amen. So to understand Joshua, um, I'm going to give you a, if it's okay, a, a quick fire, it might not be that quick, a quick fire biography of Joshua, his whole story from beginning to end. Um, and then I'm going to draw a few bits out for us that I think God has got for us this evening. Is that okay? Um, I'm also really aware that uh, some of us have come from like growing up in church, Sunday school. Uh, we know this stuff. We know the whole story of uh, the people of Israel. Because you know, when you're at Sunday school, if you've been in Sunday school, I'm aware a lot of you maybe haven't. Um, you talk about Old Testament characters a lot, right? And then it's like you graduate to grown-up church and you don't get to talk about the Old Testament anymore. Or well, we're breaking that tonight. Um, so but, so I'm, all I'm saying is I'm aware that some of us know a lot about these kind of characters. Some of us know nothing. Um, so I just thought it'd be really fun to dig into who Joshua is, his whole character, his whole story. It's an incredible story. And then to draw a few things out from that. But if you're about to switch off, firstly, don't. But also, uh, if you are about to switch off, just remember this, that Joshua is all about faithfulness to God, faithfulness in the context of fear. So let me dig into it. Um, to understand Joshua, we need to flip back, firstly, to think a little bit about Moses, just for a minute. So, as maybe you'll know, Moses was the guy who came to his people, the Israelites. God called him to rescue them from slavery in Egypt. Um, you know, it's the whole episode with the Pharaoh, let my people go, that thing. We're on board with 
well, what I'm talking about here. So that's where we start. Moses has liberated the people as God had commanded him to do. And they have, they've been liberated from Egypt and they are in the wilderness and they're headed for the promised land that God has promised to them. And so they are heading towards the promised land and Moses decides that he will send 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel. Um, he'll send 12 spies into the promised land to sort of scope it out see what's going on, see if it's as good as God really promised that it would be. One of those spies is Joshua, and another is Caleb, and ten others. God sends them into the promised land, and it's just exactly as God had said it would be. You know, it's flowing with milk and honey. It's abundant with all of the things that you might need to live uh, an amazing life as the people of God. And um, there's only one problem, though. The people that they're going to need to overthrow as they enter into the promised land are rather big and rather frightening. The city that they would need to take over is Jericho, um, which would be a huge sort of military operation. And so the spies come out of the promised land feeling dejected, feeling basically as if this is never going to come to pass, except for Caleb and Joshua who come out of the promised land back into the wilderness to find the people and say to them, we think we can do it because we know that God is faithful. Um, But the people don't agree. The Israelites don't agree. And they don't agree to go into the promised land and uh, to uh, take the land that God has promised for them. And so instead, God says, well, okay, um, I will care for you whilst you're wandering in the desert. But the whole generation that didn't have faith to enter into the promised land um, won't get to see the promised land. And so that's why the Israelites end up wandering in the desert for a further 39 years, so 40 years in all. And that's sort of where Joshua comes in. So like I said, Joshua is one of those 12 spies. He comes out of Canaan, the promised land, and he says, I think we can do it. God's faithful. I think we can do it. And so later on in the story, Moses is getting on a bit. And uh, God encourages him to think about appointing a new leader. And so uh, Moses prays and ordains Joshua to be the next leader of Israel. Um, And Moses commissions him. He sends him to the high priest who commissions him. And then later on, Moses actually hands over the leadership to him whilst Moses is still alive. And this is what he says as Joshua becomes the leader of the people of Israel and Moses hands over his authority. Uh, This is in Deuteronomy 31. We're going to be sort of tracking through end of Deuteronomy into Joshua. Um, It says this, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And um, so we're going to come back to that phrase, be strong and courageous. That's something that sort of defines Joshua's leadership, defines his ministry. It's something that God says to him over and over again. But um, Joshua is given this mantle. He's given this job. You are the guy who's going to take the people into the promised land that God had promised um, 40 years before. That was his assigned task. Um, and it says that as Moses was dying, he laid his hands on Joshua. And Joshua was, was filled with the same spirit of authority. And so the people of Israel listened to him as God had commanded. So then as Joshua is officially the leader, 
Moses has died. Um, God says, God has this amazing word for him right at the beginning of Joshua. This is in Joshua 1. God says this to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So that's an amazing word that um, God gives to Joshua right at the beginning of his leadership, the beginning of his ministry, if you like, to the people of Israel. And so the context here, if you remember, as I've said, is that the people of Israel have been living in the desert, wandering about in fear, um, sort of with the promised land in the back of their minds, but thinking we're never going to get there, grumbling about whether or not God is going to be faithful to them. And Joshua is given this word. And then this is his response to it. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. 40 years of fear and grumbling and worry. Joshua is told to be bold and courageous. And he gathers the troops and tells them, come on, we're going, three days. It's an amazing act of faith. Um, And then there's this wonderful story where Joshua's trying to move in with the troops and they need to cross the River Jordan. And God performs the same miracle for him that he'd performed for Moses 40 years before. He parts the Jordan just as he had parted the Red Sea, almost in a, you know, a physical act to show the people how faithful he was and to show the people that the same God who was with Moses is with Joshua. And as they're camping on the banks of the Jordan, ready to try to take Jericho, a man appears to Joshua. And uh, we're not told who the man is, but he's a man who appears with a sword. And he's either, you know, one of the boss angels, one of the main guys, or some people think it was sort of God manifesting himself as a man to show Joshua not to be afraid. Um, Either way, this man appears to Joshua um, and says this to him just before they're about to go and take the land. He says this, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. This is in Joshua 6 we're in now. I'd really encourage you, by the way, if you, if you want to catch up on Joshua in more detail and his whole life, the, book, the whole book of Joshua is a really interesting read. It's been really fun uh, researching for, for this talk, so dig into it if you um, feel like you want to do that. But this man has appeared to Joshua and says to him, basically, God has already gone ahead of you he's already taken the land. He's already taken the king. He's already overthrown the government. It's there for the taking. And Joshua falls on his face and worships the God of Israel before they've even taken the city. And then after that is when the story of Jericho happens, um, which you may or may not be aware of, but basically it's, it's a really incredible story where God instructs Joshua 
that the way they're going to take this incredible military city that is guarded with, it says, like, 24-foot-thick walls and, that, you know, with um, watchmen seated on each watch post, the way they're going to take that city is to march around the city with the priesthood, blowing ram's horns and worshipping God day after day. And on the seventh day, they're going to raise a big cry and the walls come down. That's what God promises will happen. And so Joshua, again, faithful Joshua, he does that. He takes the people around the walls of Jericho. And as God had said it would, the walls come down and they take the city. And really, following on from that, all we see throughout the book of Joshua, throughout Joshua's whole life, is just Joshua being obedient to God, following the call that he had been given on his life. Um, you know, God had said to him, be bold and courageous. And we see Joshua throughout doing just that, following what God had commanded him to do. Um, and God's sort of mission for Joshua was twofold. It was firstly to take the promised land, which he does. And then following that, it's to divide it up appropriately amongst the people. And so the rest of the book of Joshua is about uh, working that out, uh, dividing things properly amongst the people, ensuring that everyone's happy. Um, it's a really big job, and Joshua does an amazing job of it. And then the story sort of comes full circle as Joshua um, sort of comes into old age himself. He gathers the leaders of Israel, the military leaders and the priests, and he says this to them, be very strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. We're in Joshua 23 um, now. And basically what Joshua is doing is he's reminding the people of God's faithfulness to them. And if you want to catch up on uh, the whole of the history of the people of Israel up until this point in the story, um, just dig into Joshua chapter 24. It's all there. Joshua is basically telling the people, reminding them of their history, reminding them of their story. Um, and he does that again to remind them, tells them the story again. Look how faithful God has been to us throughout our history. He's re rescued us from Egypt, brought us out of slavery, been faithful to us daily as we've wandered in the wilderness, and now we're in the promised land. He sort of tells that story. Um, and then he says this to them. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. And then he says this, which is quite a famous verse. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And there's a sort of a back and forth between the people where um, the people say, yeah, yeah, we're, we're in, Joshua, we're in. We're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua says, I don't think you can. It's too hard. I don't reckon you can do it. And they say, no, no, we're in, we're in, Joshua. We want to do it. And so with their renewed commitment, he helps them to like renew the covenant that they made with God at the beginning of their people. And they have this sort of renewal ceremony of the covenant that they've made with God. And really that is the climax of, of Joshua's story. And, um, you know, his faithfulness, his personal faithfulness in his leadership, it shows itself at the end of his life in the renewed faithfulness of the people as they gather so I think Joshua is pretty incredible. I love his story. Um, and there's a couple of things that, as I was preparing, I just felt that would be really helpful for us to sort of pull out of his story. Um, 
the first thing, and it, they're sort of based around the kind of famous verses that we find in his story, the ones that sort of you probably may have recognized if you've been hanging around in the church for any sort of time. Um, the first one is this verse, be strong and courageous. So that's sort of said to Joshua a number of times throughout his story. So um, as Moses commissions him, um, and then again after Moses has died, and then when it goes full circle, he says it to the people. You know, so throughout his story, people have been saying to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. You must divide it up for them. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid nor discouraged. Be strong and courageous. You know, this is one of those statements that sort of defines Joshua's life. And it's one of those verses that I think sometimes we can use, can't we? You know, if, you know, if someone's, I don't know if you do this, maybe it's just me, but um, someone's feeling a bit low or a bit down or they're about to go and do something and you want to kind of, hype them up a bit with a good Bible verse. Um, it might be one of those ones that you text to someone, right? And, you know, be strong and courageous. You got this kind of thing. Um, and that's no bad thing, but sometimes it can come across a bit like, come on, what are you moaning about? What are you whinging for? Be strong and courageous. Get on with it, you know? And actually, I don't think that that's what Joshua's strength and courage looks like. This is what it says Joshua's strength and courage look like. As God commanded him, he said this, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. You know, Joshua's strength, it wasn't mustered up from inside. It wasn't something he had to uh, sort of strive to do or just push his anxieties to one side to achieve. Joshua's strength, Joshua's boldness and his courage came from daily being faithful to God, meditating on his word, not swerving from what God had commanded him to do to the right or to the left, but staying true to the path that God had put him on. I don't know if um, recently you've seen lots of people wearing uh, T-shirts that say Strong Girls Club on them. I have one, it's an Instagram thing, I'm sure you've seen it. And um, this woman who created these t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff, she has an incredible story. Um, she's not a Christian as far as I'm aware, but um, she, after having her second child, uh, really, really had a traumatic birth with her and um, suffered like, consequently from post-traumatic stress disorder. And she said she came to a, a sort of um, crossroads in her life and she could have let the PTSD just take her over and sort of gone into the pits with it, which she really did anyway. She really, really struggled and sought counselling and all of that good stuff. Um, but this, creating this small business, printing these T-shirts that just say Strong Girls Club on them um, was something that helped to sort of pull herself out. And I just think it's an incredible story. And it was one not of self-strength, but one of finding strength in something else. Um, and I've been wearing this T-shirt a lot because I kind of like it to be a little bit... This is something I confessed to this morning and I'll confess it to you now. I like it to be a little bit subversive because sometimes I'm hanging out with people who don't necessarily think that uh, women should be standing up here preaching. And so I like to be a little bit controversial. So I like to wear it in places like that. Uh, I shouldn't do that. I won't do it again, I promise. But God really challenged me recently as I was wearing this T-shirt. Um, he was asking me, so why, why are you wearing that? What does it mean to you to be in the strong girls club? You know, where does that strength come from? And I actually really felt God prompting me to remember that 
my strength doesn't come from um, blazoning it on my chest. You know, my strength doesn't come from being part of this um, imaginary club and being part of the in crowd on Instagram or anything like that. Um, my strength comes from my daily walk with Christ, my daily commitment to him, my daily service of him, my daily faithfulness to him. That's where my boldness and my courage come from. That's what makes me part of the Strong Girls Club, if you like. And um, I just think throughout Joshua's story, this is what we see. His utter faithfulness to God. His utter following without swerving God's commandments that he'd given to him. Um, And I think it's a challenge for me daily. Where does my courage come from? Where does my boldness come from? So that's the first thing, be bold and courageous. The second thing is... um, this verse right at the end um, where Joshua says, this is Joshua 24. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, Joshua gathers the people of Israel, the people he's been leading, and he sets the example to them, the example that has been set to him by Moses, who he's been like, he's been like living alongside Moses before Moses died, like as his like apprentice, live like figuring out what the lifestyle looks like to be somebody who has their life pointed towards God. And now at the end of his life, he's gathered the people And he challenges them, basically. He sort of draws this line in the sand. He sort of says to them, you guys can do what you're going to do. You can go and worship other gods if you want. Um, That's your choice. But as for me and my household, as for me and my family, as for me and the people that I live with, the people that I'm responsible for, we're going to serve the Lord because that's a good thing and that's what we're going to do all the days of our life and and that's we're going to do that because of all of the things I've just told you the ways in which God has been faithful throughout our history throughout our legacy throughout our story as for me and my household we're going to serve the Lord and um, this is something that for me has been like on my heart since day dot um, we used to sing a, a song, like a kid's song, when I was growing up in church. Um, Simon challenged me to sing it, and I'm gonna. It goes, as for me and my house, as for me and my family, as for me and my children, we will serve the Lord. It's a great song. Look it up. Thank you, Simon. Appreciate that. And uh, it's a great song. But it's one of those things that, for me, always stuck with me. And you know that sometimes, do you ever have that moment where as an adult, again, if you grew up in church, maybe you didn't, but where like something that happened as a kid sort of clicks into place and you're like, oh, that's from that. Oh, okay. And that was kind of like that for me. You know, the verse of that song says, um, like, in this family, we're going to do things properly, read God's word every day, we'll try to pray, we'll get it wrong, we'll still carry on, make Jesus number one in this place. And then it says, in this place, we're going to say grace. As if like, Praying before you eat is like the most important thing that's ever happened in life. Um, It is important, but you know. And so for me, it was always kind of like, yeah, you know, that's a really cool thing to have up in my kitchen because what it means is like, you know, I'm going to like read Bible stories to my kids and I'm going to pray before we eat and um, that kind of thing. And we do all that good stuff. But um, when you read this story, it's so much more than that. It's Joshua standing before his entire people saying, you can do what you're going to do, but we're going to serve the Lord. 
And the amazing thing about that is the response from the people is, okay, we're in. And even when Joshua says to them, I don't think you can do it. They say, no, we're in. We're going to renew our covenant now. We're in. And for us, I just think that that is the biggest challenge for us, like what it means to be church family, whether you've been uh, following Jesus for a day or your whole life. What it means to be part of this church family is that we stand up and we say to Tower Hamlets, we say to London, we say to the country, we say to the world, you guys can do you, but as for us, we're going to serve the Lord. And that kind of sounds like arrogant, but it's not. It's attractional. As for us, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to do what he's commanded us to do. No matter what it looks like, you know, what, no matter what happens with Brexit, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what happens with my job or with my relationship, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what happens with um, knife crime in London, we are going to serve the Lord because we believe that he has been faithful to us through our lives, through our history that we read in scripture, we are going to serve the Lord. And it is so incredibly powerful. And when we stand up as a people, you know, this is less about like an individual thing. We sort of were quite good at making lots of scripture about what I'm going to do personally. And whilst that's important, this is like a manifesto for the church. We are going to stand up and serve the Lord And that for people means that people feel free to come in and know exactly what it is they're getting themselves into. They can come in, it's attractional. No, we want to do that too. But not only that, not only do we get to invite others into it, to be part of it, to be part of who we are as a family of God, but we get to model to the rest of society what it can look like to be part of a family that loves one another unconditionally, to be part of a family that is generous to each other, to be part of a family that gives each itself up for each other to ensure that we're part of it. And if that's something that sounds good to you, that's because it's how God designed for it to be. Kelly had a word just as we were praying earlier about adoption. And perhaps maybe I'm using the word family and you're thinking, yeah, but I'm not in that family. I haven't grown up in the church. You know, I don't, I don't know this stuff. I've got no idea. I've, you know, I just sort of rocked up here. I don't know what's going on. And that word that Kaylee sort of heard this evening as we were praying was that God is saying, no, whether you've followed me for, you know, uh, your whole life or a day, you are adopted into my family. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. And so just as much, all of us together, no matter who you are, you get to stand up and say, no, as for me, as for me and my household, as for me and this family, we are going to serve the Lord. You know, there's something in this which challenged me in this story of Joshua about the promised land being there, ready to go for the people. They could have entered into it after a year. They could have come straight out of Egypt, straight into the promised land if they had chosen to be faithful to God at that point. But they didn't. And I think for us, there's a challenge here that God is giving us the land, you know, not in a kind of vigilante way, but God is giving us the land. You know, God has got the land ready for us. You know, salvation is springing up from the ground. We're seeing it as like churches are being planted across this nation. People are coming to know Jesus every single day. And the reports of the church is declining. You know, I'm believing for something different. And the land is there to be taken already. God has given it to us. He's holding it out in his hand. And all he's asking for from us is to be faithful to him and to take the land. That's all we have to do. So it's like we have a choice. 
we can either continue to wander um, in the desert and God will still be faithful to us uh, because he's a good God and he'll give us daily blessings and he'll look after us because he's a good God. But we can choose to be faithful to him and as a, as a family, as a team, as an individual, we can choose to say, no, do you know what, as for us, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what that looks like, no matter the sacrifices that that might take for each one of us, we're going to do it because we believe that God is giving us the land for himself. And we can take it for his glory. We can see his kingdom come on earth. Do you believe it?